Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability we all have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihi Jolly. As we head into the holiday season, when many people will be spending time with family or perhaps navigating their feelings about whether or not to spend time with family, today we're addressing how Buddhism can help us tackle those relationships. Our guest is Brian Angulo of New York, who shares how in just a few years, his Buddhist practice of chanting Nam-myoho-renge-kyo enabled him to transform family dynamics that seemed impossible to change based on finding his own agency, courage, and wisdom. In what might look like small ways, he learned to lead with his heart and take responsibility for strengthening bonds in a way that was true to him. I'll let Brian share the rest. So my name is Brian Angulo. I'm 25 years old. I'm calling from New York. And currently I'm a master's student and I work in public health and psychiatric research. Amazing. I always like to start every episode to understand how people came to Buddhism because we all have such different journeys toward it. So Mm -hmm. if you don't mind just telling me briefly, um, how did you encounter SGI Nichiren Buddhism? And then why were you interested in trying to chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo at the time? Yeah, yes. Yeah, you know, I had a particularly difficult transition to college on my first year when I was going to school. So I was actually, I studied in St. Louis first, but I left after a semester of studying there because I kind of felt just very deeply unhappy while I was there. So so I I returned to New York where I grew up and uh, I understood that even though I, I returned there, the reasons for my unhappiness it wasn't like tied to any particular place. I knew that I kind of felt that it was rooted in myself. So when I came back, I was seeking a way to transform that that unhappiness. And so I came back to New York and I immediately started continued my education at a different school. And so it was there at that at that new school that I was going to that I went to an activities fair during like the first, they always have like an activities fair in the first two weeks of classes. So I went there trying to find a new student community that I could be a part of. And it was there that I actually found an SGI Nichiren Buddhism uh, campus club table. And mm-hmm. I was introduced by someone at that table to the practice of chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. Wow. You might be the first person actually on the podcast who was introduced through like a college campus club that I've interviewed now that I'm thinking oh, really? about it. Yeah. I, I feel like I haven't actually heard that path yet, uh, which is awesome. So, so if you don't mind my asking then like, uh, you know, when people first encounter chanting, it could either be like, awesome, sign me up. What's, what is this? Or it could be mm. like, this is really weird. Like, what do you mean chanting? Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious what your initial experience was with chanting itself like when you first tried it mm. how did it feel how did you approach it yeah 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 no, that's, a, that's a great point so yeah, actually um so when I when I was in St. Louis because 
I was feeling like I was struggling there. I knew that even then that I was missing something like a spiritual aspect of my life, something something that I couldn't really describe well. So I was actually uh, involving myself in other faith experiences. And one of those uh, faith practices was similarly like doing like you are uh, repeating like this mantra. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I was chanting for the first time, it didn't seem like so strange to me. Like I kind of knew that this was something that people did and it was, it was a way to find like a, a, a deeper peace or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I think it was, uh, it was difficult at first to understand what the because it was, it was very it was very quite different also just chanting to uh the gohonzon the scroll that uh we chant to why we why we keep our eyes open or um those types of things so it did take me a little bit to 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 come to understand those things but i felt like what really drew me in was the people who who uh who were practicing too who were also chanting because they were like me they were other students and they also had really great enthusiasm and were very concerned about me as a person so mm. I felt like even though I didn't completely understand all the different like small aspects of of chanting and what this means or what that means all of that like didn't really matter so much in the face of these people who are all so kind and and uh compassionate mm. yeah that's really interesting um but i i totally understand what you mean because the practice itself is is like chanting is the daily practice but being part of the community and the relationships that you build um and like the activities we do together is as important and like as as much fuels our understanding so it's uh nice to hear that you got to experience those like together right away um so i'm i'm curious then like what kept you chanting so like when you did start your own practice of um consistently chanting did anything change Mm, yes yes that's a great question um yeah so yeah, I definitely received a lot of support from uh, from other people who who practice, and they would help me chant and understand these questions that I had about the practice. And then over time, it helped me develop a, a deeper sense of gratitude and purpose. And so I kind of felt like these two things—gratitude and purpose—were really big, uh, were really big for me at the time because it reached down to kind of the core reasons for why I was unhappy. Mm. And it, it wasn't, it definitely didn't happen right away. It took me several months to to feel this way. But I think that because it had reached so deep into my life, I became convinced from that point on that of the great benefit that one can receive from consistently chanting. Mm. Wow, yeah, that's such an, uh, like a concise and insightful way to put it gratitude and purpose and I want to dig into what you mean by both of those words Um, but maybe we can introduce today's theme first because I have a feeling it's all going to connect somehow Mm. (laughs) so today we want to address 
basically family relationships, which can be a source of great joy for people and great suffering and everything in between. Uh, Somehow our relationships with our closest loved ones can be a bit complicated at times. Um, And yet I've heard so many amazing experiences of people using their Buddhist practice to really transform those relationships for the better. Um, So I know that's what we're going to unpack with your experience today. But um, just to, again, get a little bit more context, can you share um, a little bit about your relationship with your family and if there were any challenges in that area um, around the time, especially that you started practicing uh, what was going on? Like, what's the context we need to know? And then we'll, we'll dig in more. Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I think around the time when I started chanting, I definitely did not feel, you know, really confident in myself. And I feel like that showed in, in my relationship with my family mm. because, um, I just remember really growing up, like when I was younger, just feeling a sense of dread and anxiety when I was with my family. And just to give some context, uh, my my parents, like they had a lot of responsibilities at their places of work. And so often I, I wouldn't see them maybe until the next day. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't understand really why this was the case when I was younger. And so, and so I kind of felt a sense of resentment and loneliness as a result. But when I got older, I kind of came to uh, better understand the situation and really accept the reality. But I think that fundamentally, my attitude then was just one of acceptance. I never kind of felt a sense of agency toward, like in my family life in these respects. So sometimes there might, there might have been like very tense situations at home and I never really felt that there was anything I could do to improve that situation. And when I was young, I had kind of this um, ideal situation in my head about my family, just like 100% a happy family, which seemed impossible to me. And so, yeah, I think that kind of attitude was something that I developed since then. And it kind of carried on into when I first started practicing, it was still something that was uh, was rooted in my life. Just that 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 lack of agency, kind of just like what what can I do in my life to really to really uh, improve things in my family, despite these circumstances that were that I was facing with in my own personal life, because I did always deeply care about my family's happiness, but kind of felt like there was there was nothing that I could really do to to change it on a fundamental level. Mm. Yeah, I totally I hear you. And um it's actually interesting what you're touching on. Actually, I think many people can relate to. Um but it's also interesting because you don't hear people often talk about family life as a realm in which they have like goals or a dream. I think mm-hmm. what you're describing like that feeling of acceptance of oh, I'm not really that fulfilled by my family relationships or family dynamic. I think maybe many people could relate to that. And then people Mm. move on and then they look for fulfillment in other places. Like, oh, well, then I'll find it in a different kind of partner or I'll make a career that I love. And like, 
leave all this behind. I feel like that you see that in the movies, mm. like that's like the the story. But I'm I'm already intrigued by the fact that um there was like an another vision of a family dynamic that you had and like that this is something that you maybe could tackle in some way. Um and I know you mentioned that like that's something that changed quite dramatically after you started practicing Buddhism. So yes. um yeah, like can you share a little bit more about so around this time you started chanting this is what kind of the dynamic you were experiencing so like what how did you start approaching change Mm, yes yes it was definitely a quite uh it was was a long-term uh process for sure but i feel like just by practicing buddhism i kind of found a way that i could you change both my own attitude on the situation and have it impact the way that my family relates with one another. Mm-hmm. So just to give an example, I was just like really, yeah, really, really uh, having a tough time transitioning in, in, in school, as I mentioned. And, and so I kind of felt, I saw that this was really impacting my parents, that they were kind of concerned for my well-being and my future and so so I kind of like took it in in, in bite-sized pieces I guess it's like really I'm gonna do my best in, in school just like really find my path and in that way I can really uh, have a positive impact on the way that my family relates with one another um hmm. so yeah as, as I mentioned I was just yeah really once I started practicing I was kind of finding my way through the practice at first, um, understanding how I could really use it to kind of reach this uh, this sense of purpose, purposelessness that I was feeling. Mm. But um, I always I always knew that kind of from from the jump that my parents they were like very strict about about my schooling and they wanted to really make sure that I excelled and put my studies first. So. I think that this this kind of pushed me to really uh, not feel a sense of purpose on my own about what it is that I wanted to achieve in school and why I wanted to really continue pursuing higher education. Mm. So I really found that developing that first, developing the reason why I wanted to continue in college and and really develop myself there was a great first thing to you understand through uh through like a buddhist lens Mm. and i was actually gifted a a book like in my around my birthday like within the first year i was practicing it was uh discussions on youth written by the sakukeda and in there he talks a lot about kind of college life and and i remember i was commuting to uh to school at the time and I would read it on the train and I just remember really absorbing a lot of what uh, Daisaku Ikeda was saying. Everything that he was saying was um, really, really a hit close to home and kind of gave me a, a new perspective on how I could view uh, learning and view my relationship with uh, with my with my classes, with my attitude and with like my my peers and my professors. And so, yeah, I think from there, it was very 
gradual, but step by step, I found myself getting more and more uh, comfortable with what it was that I wanted to pursue in my life and how I wanted to kind of contribute to the world around me. Mm. Yeah. Is there any, I know I, this is a question I was going to ask later, but since you brought up discussions on youth, like, was there a concept or a quote or like an aha moment that you remember where you were like, oh, like this is starting Mm. to make sense or this is, this is what I'm inspired by. Even if you don't have it in front of you, just curious. Yeah. I think, um, Particularly, I'm not sure if this is particularly from uh, discussions on youth, but I think it's just this concept that our uh, our our behavior as human beings is is really the most important part of our Buddhist practice. Developing that uh, the type of behavior where we can really be a, a positive uh, a positive influence. Uh, in our environment, even if things, even if our circumstances kind of seem dire or or not what we uh, would hope for, that it could really, we can be the the starting point for that change, and mm. and it really kind of starts with where where we are right now. If, if we're a student, just like really doing our best as a student, but if we're and and if we're like a a brother or a sibling or a parent just like really doing our best in those in those uh those fears in those roles and that by doing that we can just really really transform any situation mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't have to always be perfect but just the 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 aspect of never giving up and always self-reflecting and and redetermining based off the the principle of the the preciousness of life um that by doing that we can absolutely transform things for the for the better mm. yeah yeah that totally makes sense um so so just to recap just to make sure i'm understanding before i ask the next question it sounds like what you're describing is that um you grew up with this kind of anxiety or heaviness that then by the time you went to college made that transition feel difficult such that you ended up coming back home um, and going to school locally Uh, and this is when you discover buddhism and start kind of opening up yourself to this idea that you have more agency than maybe you thought you did both as a student and as a member of your family Um, Mm, but yeah i'm I'm curious like because you brought up behavior and i think that that is something that's so it sounds like so simple and yet it's like one of the most profound things in buddhism so i'm so glad that you yes. you brought it up because our our values are expressed through our behavior our daily behavior um so i yes. want to try something as much as you're comfortable uh answering this like how would you describe your behavior before you started practicing buddhism and then like what changed once you started chanting and deciding to be more intentional about it in your different roles as a student or a sibling or a son Mm, yes yes no that's a great question i think before i like before i started practicing and really studying buddhism uh more intensely i think that i i had really this tendency to uh to give up very easily 
and kind of withdraw a little bit mm-hmm. and not be really present in my surroundings. So if there was something that was happening, maybe that I could have um, helped out with, I wouldn't like I wouldn't be present mentally to to really take action. Uh, just because I, I, yeah, just it was that attitude that I think I really had that there was nothing that I could really do in that situation to influence it for the better. But um, and you know, that's nothing to say of like even like even just like big things, but also small things, small actions. I think I would, a lot of things that I, I did before I started practicing was just uh, going with the flow, like just blocking out mentally, like the intention behind behind my actions. Hmm. And I think after I, I started really getting into the practice, I became much more intentional with with what I was doing. And I started paying really close attention uh, to the small details of, of daily of daily life. So for instance, I, I really um I would just take small actions like if if my mom was had a had a late shift, I'd just make sure that she had food that she'd be able to eat when she came home. I would prepare dinner for the family or um I would be the one to kind of drive my family if we were gonna go places. Uh, so that my parents could kind of, you know, sit and relax and not have to worry about that. And I remember when I was actually, uh, my mother at the time, like uh, a few years ago, she she worked at this uh, one hospital in, in Brooklyn. And so when I would go to school, I would we would go together because she would leave in the morning. And so I would just... The, and the commute there from from where we live is quite uh quite a pain so i know that was something that she really complained a lot about whenever she would um whenever she would uh come home because the traffic would be like 2 hours just in the car sitting it was mm. it was like really it was really uh painful <laughs> so i would i would definitely yeah just make sure that i, I would be the one to drive so that she could just sit and not have to deal with that and she'd be able to talk to me about maybe what was happening at work and you know whatever else was worrying her and I feel like even by taking those those actions I was really able to connect with my parents in a way that I wasn't able to before because as I mentioned just with the nature of their work they have to be at work a lot so a lot of times I wouldn't get like that interaction at home but mm-hmm. because I was able to take action in these ways like um I was able to really just hear more about their lives and and be more of a support than I was kind of when I was before the practice when I was like more had a more passive attitude uh if that makes sense mm. Yeah, yeah, it completely makes sense. And that's, yeah, what an amazing example. Because you're right, it sounds like this small, simple daily life type of thing. But the the effects of creating this space to connect with somebody or making somebody feel cared for or thought about are enormous in all relationships, yes. not just family relationships. Um, yeah, which is a, a amazing to think about. If you don't, 
mind my asking um I'm just thinking from the perspective of someone who's new who might be like okay I like kind of relate to this experience like I also sort of have family dynamics that feel like they're set in stone and or you know I haven't really been that much of an active participant in the family or I'm in some cases maybe I feel a lot of resentment or I have even been hurt by family like there's all kinds of reasons that we we end up in our roles um so just thinking from that perspective like if someone wanted to initiate change or like start to do something about it um how did you start like did you intentionally think okay, like these are goals that I have and I'm going to start chanting and think about what to do or like, was mm. there some kind of a turning point where you woke up one morning and you were like, I'm I'm going to make dinner or like, I'm going to do something differently. I'm, I'm curious like what the actual yes. process was. Yeah, it kind of, um, I get, yeah, that's a great question. I think it, it kind of really, it really started from just, chanting for things to really work out the best possible way and I was I think it was I was chanting at the time just to figure out some way that I could make an impact and at the same time I was I can't come I can't think of any particular quote or or idea that is that influenced me but I, I remember just like studying from the writings of Nichiren Daishonin and uh, Daisoku Kato's writings as well, and just seeing kind of this theme of, you know, really taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. And and I guess like that with, with chanting, I just, then also being aware of more, more cognizant of what was happening in in my family like the particular things that kind of the where there was tension or something i would really just chant about why this tension kind of came up and then do my best to to find a way to take action so that the situation could be reversed so i mean i would with, with the driving uh i just started taking on that role because I just started, I, I noticed that it, it's, it's something that stressed out my parents and was kind of the source of, of stress. And so it, it became this, this habit that I would do because I just wanted to see them in a state of ease. And same thing with, with, the, with the dinner or the lunch that, that I would prepare. It just started coming to me from that place of, from that, from that prayer. Like this was like, this was my prayer. This is what I was setting my mind to. And then I guess everything just started, all the possibilities just started becoming aware to me. Like, even though I can't do this because of my situation, like my circumstance, this is something easier that I could do that it's within my capabilities. And Hmm. so I started, I guess I started getting less hung up on what I couldn't provide or what I couldn't do and more focused on what's something that I can do like starting today Mm. yeah yeah totally yeah what you're describing um again for people who are new to Buddhism just to call this out a little bit is like people often ask like how does chanting work or like why does chanting do anything and 
as you and I know, or you experience as you practice, it's just a way to call forth your own Buddha ability or Buddhahood or enlightenment. And mm. like, that is your own wisdom, courage, and compassion. So it sounds yes. like that's exactly what you're describing, right? So you chant and then the wisdom yes. naturally comes out like, oh, this is action I could take in this situation or I have the courage to take this step and maybe it's a little bit out of the mold on what I used to do, but I'm going to do it. That kind of, yes. um, so it's like, yeah, simple and profound at the same time. Yes. Yes. It definitely was very, um, yeah, kind of just came out. So <laughs> I, I think it was definitely a great benefit of chanting that really allowed me to, to do that, take those actions. Yeah. So I'm curious then in terms of school, how things changed, because um, you we, we kind of heard up to the point that you started school in New York, but um, you're now doing your master's. It seems like you found a, yes. a field that you're excited by. So yeah, how did your practice help you tackle that aspect? Yeah, I think it was a very, uh, very interesting journey um, because, you know, as I, as I shared before, it was some like besides family was the other like thing that I was really challenging and so what I was really chanting for at that time was to develop a sense of personal personal initiative and drive because even even before when I had when I had gone to school when I was deciding uh which which school to go to I was still like really kind of reliant on the idea of pleasing my my parents or making them proud for because I thought that that would kind of bring like a sense of like fulfillment in my family relationships. So so even then, it was like what college I you know, when I first went to college in St. Louis, it was kind of because it was uh, my father who really he he was kind of old school. He went to the library to like research the different schools that I, I could potentially go to. And then he called me up and said, oh, you should go to this school. This is an amazing school. And he sounded so excited. So I was like, all right, yes, I'll do this. But it didn't really come from a personal, it, I, I had no personal attachment to this place that I was going to. It wasn't like I was going there because I was excited to study there. I was really doing it because more so from like my my dad's excitement for me to go here mm. and so yeah that was just like completely reflective of my attitude towards school I think um and so yeah to answer your question I, I just started really really chanting to also kind of take that wisdom uh that I was implementing in my family life and also translate it to, to my studies, which eventually led to me. I definitely did not have a very clean path through school. I, I changed like my major several times, but even then, uh, I, everything that I learned, all the classes that I had taken, I've come to really serve me at this point with what I'm doing right now, um, mm. which is I'm like, it's really cultivated my interest in, in uh, kind of the public health field and also, um, yeah, just public health in general and then uh, psychiatric research. 
Uh, there's there's been so many skills that I've been that I've gained uh, through uh, my undergraduate years that, uh, as I said, it wasn't it wasn't very it wasn't a clean path, but I would not be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for all of the the challenges I had along that path, mm -hmm. and so so it was just something that I really was was constantly just like moment by moment seeking what's the best thing that I could do right now uh how could I how could I um understand this uh this uh material this what I'm learning right now and apply it to I guess my my career uh my ideas about my career or things like that and and so yeah, I think more so than just a, than just kind of looking outward toward the future from a perspective of this is like, I need to do this, this, and this by like year, like three or four. I kind of became more uh, cognizant of the process where, where my own mind was at with, with um, my trajectory and and utilizing that to really develop conviction in my in my uh in my trajectory rather than relying on external circumstances or the environment to dictate what i do mm. i know it's kind of it was probably a very long-winded <laughs> answer no, no, but no. i hope it was kind of clear um yeah from what i shared yeah yeah, yeah. Like what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that the, again, I'm thinking how universal this can feel, whether it's college, grad school, or your career, it, like the anxiety that can come from this is where I'm supposed to be in this much time, but I like, I don't feel like I'm doing well right now. And then it can be kind of paralyzing and you don't really know what to do. But if you kind of, yeah. it sounds like you flip that script and you're like, okay, today, what action can I take? How am I doing right mm. now? How do I take another step forward? Which we learn from Buddhism. It's like all about the yes. present moment. Yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, that's encouraging. For... <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I, I want to, before I move to like our closing questions, I just wanted to ask one more follow-up if you're um, comfortable uh, mm. answering, uh, which is like, I'm, I'm so curious how if you have a sense of it, the people around you, like whether it's your friends or your family members have seen you change. Cause it sounds like mm. a very personal kind of deep shift yeah. that you've made and how you approach your day-to-day -day life. And um, you could see the changes in your own life, obviously, but yeah. Do you have any, any insight or like, has anyone been like this? Brian's different from Buddhism. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I have got that actually. Um, I do know I was, Definitely, like through the practice, I feel like I think I think yeah, naturally, I'm kind of like more of a a timid person, or at least like I was that way when I was younger, and mm. and so and when I was first encountered the practice, I was very much like that still, and kind of a little bit more reserved and closed off, but through what I've really learned from chanting and and learning more about Buddhism it's allowed me to really have the courage to open myself up more and because I wouldn't be able to 
to really take the actions that uh, I took unless I was open to kind of criticism or like, like I'm, whatever you kind of make the decision to support in, in some way, in whatever way, like s- small or large, you're always going to be open to like criticism. Maybe somebody will say, oh, you should have done it like this or why why is uh why is this food like cooked like this it's not <laughs> just, just to give an example but and it's i mean it's like very small but obviously if if you do these things you're supporting you can kind of feel like why is this person criticizing me when i like made these efforts to like support but hmm. um yeah i i and so that that kind of that courage to just like, regardless, I want to be able to support and be somebody who is reliable and, and capable. Uh, that kind of uh, determination just uh, allowed me to keep pushing through it and understand why I was doing these things in the first place. It wasn't for myself, it was for others. So mm-hmm. it allowed me to yeah just open myself up more and i think over over time i've really heard from from people that i i've grown to be like more um to take more initiative and have more conviction and take more responsibility Thing, things which i definitely wouldn't be able to do unless i had like unless i had courage and wisdom and compassion as you mentioned so um yeah i definitely had plenty of of more room to grow but hearing hearing that from from other people uh really kind of puts into perspective for me just how how powerful this practice is that even within a few years time people can just see this shift in your life that i think normally probably Without the practice, I feel like it would have maybe taken me a decade or so to to get to that point. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, I completely understand what you're talking about. It's so funny. As a side note, I, yeah, I completely relate because I grew up as like an insanely shy child. And I remember when I started chanting and I was like, I want to pursue journalism. Like, this is what I'm interested, but you have to like talk to strangers and like be rejected for a living. Basically, I was like, my dream and my personality are in direct conflict with each other. So if chanting works, this is going to work out somehow. So I I hear you like when you hear it from other people and they're Mm, like really surprised and you can point it back to Buddhism. It's, it's really remarkable. Yes, I agree completely. Um, well, okay. So maybe I will move to our our closing questions because I feel like you've covered so much, um, so much already. Um, and this one I, I did ask earlier, but just in case, um, do you have any like favorite Buddhist quotes or concepts that are related to this topic or this journey for you that you've held on to along the way? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely related with that one um, concept about our behavior as human beings, but it's really just like this this emphasis on the treasures of the heart, mm-hmm. which... Um, which is kind of talked about in comparison with kind of, you know, material treasures and kind of all these things that like 
these these things that are external to us as opposed to those like the treasures of the heart what's like really in our heart or what is uh what's most important and um yeah i think that's that's just been like holding on to that has been so crucial for me in maintaining conviction in the the limitless potential of everybody that everybody has this buddha nature because at the end of the day whether whether you believe it like theoretically it doesn't matter it's it really matters whether you kind of feel it um you know deep down um and so i've always kind of used that as a way to uh to kind of measure like where i'm at with with my prayer and and my actions like do i do i feel do i feel this like with my heart or am i kind of just going through the motions how can i how can i shift that and so thinking about things in that way has really been critical for me to um continue persevering and and uh yeah just to to never give up mm. yeah I, I that that makes me want to ask like um if there is anything well just to kind of circle back to in the beginning when you shared a little bit about what your struggle was in your family growing mm. up or mostly like how you felt internally yeah um how would you describe along the lines of treasures of the heart, which is actually such an important concept in Buddhism, how would you describe how things are now? Or like, you know, like if you had to paint the picture mm. and describe it to Brian from 10 years ago or something. Yes. Yes. I think honestly, like things now are probably exactly what I had dreamed of when I was a kid. Mm. Um but that, that's not to say that things are like a hundred percent perfect. Of course. Um, obviously, there are still like challenges, and so. But I think when I say like things are now what I dreamed of as a kid, it's like it, it all came down to, as you said, like that shift in in myself, that that internal shift, because I've come to really see that all of the challenges that happen are within my own control, mm-hmm. and. I think that's resulted in me just feeling this uh, deep sense of love in my family that I don't think can ever be broken. Um, and so I think that's exactly what I uh, I had uh, had in mind uh, as a kid when I kind of wished for family harmony, when things kind of relationships in my family seem seem to me to be very tenuous now i kind of see it as indestructible because i know there's there's uh something that i could really do to uh strengthen our bonds and and make us make us stronger um yeah so mm-hmm. yeah things are things are really uh i think in a really wonderful place right now yeah that's yeah that's amazing and it's like uh, i like the way that you described it as it's not just about like the surface level there will be challenges things happen in life so like but like the strength of the bonds matters kind of more than anything which um, is essentially what a treasure of the heart is in buddhism it's like things that you you can't describe it are in your heart that carry you through you know you did make me think of one tiny little last thing which i wanted to circle back on if it's okay just very briefly but earlier when i asked like what kept you chanting like when you Mm -hmm. started you said it was two things, gratitude and purpose. 
Oh, yes. And I'm, uh, I mean, I feel like those themes are, are present in everything that you already shared. But if you had to describe now what you mean by gratitude and purpose, like why those are the two things that like you could mm. have said, I got into a grad school I love or I like so many other things. I'm sure like day to day things, even material things. Um, but yes. that's what you you decided to share. So I'm curious what you meant by each of those. Yes. Yeah. I, I think from from that perspective, um, gratitude and purpose because I, there were there were many situations I think that things did not look all right like from the outside, but even then I still I still felt this uh, this sense of gratitude and purpose, which guided me to where I am now. Which definitely I I'd say like I'm in a very good spot. If you look outside for me, you could say like. Oh wow, it's really it's really wonderful considering what had happened in the past. And so I think in that sense, gratitude and purpose, they they don't they're uh they don't they don't move depending on your circumstances. They'll always they should they'll they'll kind of be something rooted within. And I think why why those two particular those two particular feelings, I think gratitude is, you know, absolutely and this is something that I've come to appreciate through Buddhism. Gratitude is something that is uh, is very uh, easy to uh, talk about, but it's much harder to really feel on a, on a maybe a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it can shift really, maybe depending on external uh, circumstances, and so trying for me trying to develop gratitude on a personal level just meant regardless being thankful for every, all the efforts really all of the support that i've received from many many people over the years and uh thinking about that just like it'll it'll keep me going no matter what it'll no matter what situation i find myself in if I'm ill or if um, some sort of uh, catastrophe happens, I know that I'll, with this sense of gratitude, I'll always feel the desire to keep moving forward. So I know that's really only only from, from this practice that I developed that strong sense of gratitude. Um, and the same thing with, with purpose as well, because really when you have a strong mission i know we we talk a lot in, in buddhism about having a mission buddhism teaches that we all have a unique mission and only we can fulfill that and our mission extends beyond just maybe titles or or um superficial things but it, it's really this deep mission to realize happiness for ourselves and those around us and I think when I've when I based my life on that, it was it became it just became so much clearer what my direction should take. And just like gratitude, the gratitude that I developed from this practice that that uh it wasn't shifting with with whatever happened on the outside. I knew I kind of felt just this strong determination, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna follow this path no matter what happens. And and for me, that 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 kind of uh, resilience is something that 
I did not have before practicing in which mm. I um I'm really I'm really thankful to have developed through Buddhism. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for clarifying those. That absolutely makes sense. So, uh I always like to close with this question, which is for anybody who is listening, who is new to chanting or new to Buddhism, but maybe um, currently facing a family relationship or family dynamic related challenge, what one piece of advice would you give them? Mm. Yeah, I would just say, uh, yeah, just to really make chanting the foundation for transforming those, those relationships because as I shared, Buddhism teaches that treasures of the heart are most important. And in that sense, I feel like any situation that we want to transform can uh, really start from our own heart. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I think it's, it's also another concept that our, our prayer can really move the universe. Mm-hmm. So when we kind of just like kind of open ourselves up to chanting with that family members have or whoever it is with that person's happiness in mind. And we kind of have like a strong determination based off of whatever that particular relationship is happening, whatever's going on there. I think we can definitely move the universe in the direction of that prayer. And yes, I would say that's completely what I learned from this practice. And I feel like it, uh, It's really worked for me. I want to leave you today with a few words on this concept that Brian mentioned, treasures of the heart. In a lecture on the topic, Daisaku Ikeda writes, The heart is our unsurpassed treasure in life. It is endowed with tremendous potential and supreme nobility. Its depth and breadth can be expanded infinitely, and its strength can be developed without bounds. The French author Victor Hugo wrote, There is a spectacle greater than the sea, and that is the sky. There is a spectacle greater than the sky, and that is the human soul. How can we expand the inner realm of our lives develop inner strength and accumulate treasures of the heart so that we can lead better lives. He then explains that this can be done through chanting nam myoho renge kyo and taking action for the sake of others, just as Brian's story illuminates. Ikeda continues, To achieve unshakable victory, we need to challenge ourselves in earnest to change our karma. This is also the practice of human revolution, in which we strive to break through our inner darkness or ignorance. Carelessness is the greatest enemy. If we allow ourselves to grow complacent and lose our fighting spirit, then the shortcomings or negative tendencies that arise from our fundamental darkness will resurface. The treasures of the heart may be invisible to the eye, But when these inner treasures are given concrete expression as respectful actions toward others, they demonstrate and prove to others the power of the mystic law and the Buddha nature. On that note, if you're new to Buddhism, as always, there are plenty of resources on how to start chanting at buddhability.org. And if you'd like to get connected to your local Buddhist community, you can always email us at connect at sgi-usa.org.
That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.